KFUO is a listener-supported radio ministry that needs your support to continue. When you partner with KFUO, you are proclaiming Christ worldwide. November 30th is Giving Tuesday, a day that encourages you to give back in whatever ways you can. Giving Tuesday presents a perfect time each year for you to support your favorite nonprofit organizations, including KFUO Radio. To give to KFUO, call 314-996-1518 or text KFUO to the number 41444 or give online at kfuo.org. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is November. Lots of things happening in November, but there's something special about November, and I want to make sure that we get to address it, and that is Adoption Month. So we're going to talk about that today, and so excited to share from our friends at Lutheran Family Service in in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us today, Carrie Smith. She's caseworker with Lutheran Family Service. Carrie, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thank you. So, Carrie, share with us, what is the need for adoptive families today? I know Lutheran Family Service serves primarily Iowa and maybe parts of Illinois as well. So you might have a picture of what that looks like in your area. What, what is the need for adoptive families in that area? Well, as long in our world, we continue to have unplanned pregnancies or crisis pregnancies or just unknown circumstances, we're going to have a need for a placement. Lutheran Family Service has been in the adoption ministry since 1901. This is what we started at. And it's it's never wavered because there's always a need. There's always a birth mother who knows she's not in the situation to raise her child. And it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Do you have some stories to share with us? We love hearing stories of of adoption. Do you have some stories to I share have, with us about adoptive families? I have several stories. So yes. cut me off if I get too long. But my first one is a mother that I worked with in the past year. She has four biological children. And when her last child was born, she met somebody at her job and they invited her to something one weekend. And she ended up in the next 12 months becoming a heroin addict. Um, it was a very, very sad situation. But for five years, she basically lost everything from her children to her job to her home and just got very heavily into drugs. And it was almost to a life or death situation where she um, got into a rehab, found Christ. Her life kind of took a complete 180 change. And she found out she was pregnant. It was not a pregnancy that was planned. It was not a pregnancy with someone she saw herself with long-term. And she reached out to me at seven weeks pregnant. And for the entire like next seven and a half months, we met almost weekly. If not, we talked weekly. And she picked a family and that family started praying for her. And they started connecting directly and When this little baby girl was born, the adoptive parents were in the hospital. She was in the hospital and still the the little girl's seven months old now. And the birth mom is doing amazing. She has such great peace and comfort that she can continue to put her life back together after her addiction and now become the mom to her four children. And her little girl is being raised by a family that loves Jesus. It's it was just truly amazing to see her overcome so many obstacles and the adversity that she was going through. 
we forgot to pack tissues for recording today. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I will tell you another wow. really, really amazing story that just happened this week. Lutheran Family Service in the last year, 18 months, started a program for Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. Birth mothers who are diagnosed with Down syndrome have a very, very high abortion rate. It created fear and anxiety in an unplanned pregnancy, especially where abortion becomes even more common if a child is diagnosed or pre-diagnosed with Down syndrome. And so we started a specific Down syndrome program. We have two families that are waiting to specifically adopt a child that has Down syndrome. And this week we had our first match. Mm-hmm. So in De- on December 17th, this little baby with Down syndrome will be born and be placed into a home that have been praying and waiting for specifically a little girl or boy with that need. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I remember talking last year about uh, as this program was getting started and, yeah. and it, it just, it, it blew me away to think about the, the amount of love that mm. on, on both sides, the, you know, the, the love that it takes for a birth mother to make that decision and for a family to, to be willing and, and to, to desire to care for a child that has that need. Wow. That's just so overwhelming. Right. Right. This. Uh, I've never met a birth mom that does not love her baby. Right. Mm-hmm. right. They yeah. choose placement. It's not a lack of love. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. anything, they love their child so much that they can selflessly decide what's what they need to do for a long-term decision so they can put their life together. I mean, in the last year or two, I've had two high schools. They were both amazing, amazing students. Like we're talking almost 4.0 students. Found themselves pregnant. They had a college plan and they ultimately chose life and they chose placement and they are now in college and they are thriving and they're succeeding and they still reach out to me and they still love that baby, but they are so thankful that they can be an 18 year old person and not be a mom right now. Hmm. These are just uh, powerful stories of how families have been able to, to welcome a child into their home and into their lives and, and be what, what God has given them to be loving, faithful parents what and i know there are probably many families that are thinking about this tell me about the, do you get to meet with families that are considering adoption what are the questions they have as they're you know thinking about becoming an adoptive absolutely i work i do both sides so we do home studies for families wanting to adopt a lot of it is fears a lot of times husband and wives are not always on the same page or um if you go anything to, to Google, it's always doom and gloom. So it is getting proper education on what it looks like. In our world today, I would say 99, if not 100% of our adoption are open in some sense. And I think that's a, a very scary term for a lot of adoptive couples because they're afraid someone's just going to show up and want to help parent or be very invasive. And that's not at all what open looks like. When a birth mother is going through the process, can I do this long term? giving her the comfort of open to know that she can get updates as she needs them. It really lowers the risk of her changing her mind. It lowers the risk of her regretting her decision. It lowers the risk. It increases the risk of her healing because she is going to grieve her baby no matter her situation. She's carrying this inside of her for nine months, feeling a kick. And then in the hospital, it's, it's a very emotional situation. Nothing can prepare an adoptive couple because every one of them fall in love with their birth mother if they have the opportunity to be with her. And I think that is the most surprising thing for a lot of couples is they come in thinking, how could you? But yet when they meet her and hear her story, 
they love her as if she's like a sister or a child to them and they care for her in an emotional sense forever. A lot of adoptive couples who have other questions regarding the fears of we live in a world where drugs are becoming very, very common. Marijuana pot is becoming very readily available. And we know that any foreign substance in a body during pregnancy can cause long-term effects. A lot of this we don't know, but the uterus is pretty amazing and can protect a child. And it is a lot of it is every situation's different. So it's doing our homework and just helping them walk through it. We're a birth mother-driven agency, which means Birth moms decide everything. They pick the couple. So if you were home study approved with us, you could get picked in two weeks. You could get picked in three months. You could wait four years. We have to allow her to have ownership in her decision because then she has peace. It also is beautiful. She has a connection with them and the adoptive parents feel that. But the roller coaster of waiting is often one of the most difficult things for adoptive couples. Mm-hmm. What are some of the the obstacles that, that these families that you talk with maybe think that that they have, or or some assumptions that families make may or may not be true about the that whole adoption process? I think um, one of the biggest obstacles in adoption is the cost. Adoption mm-hmm. is not free. It is a it's an investment. It's fairly expensive, but there are more and more grants that are available, and people can become very creative. And I think. Again, it's doing their homework and really searching. Just because you live in Iowa or you live in a state that we're licensed in doesn't mean the grant has to come from us. There's lots of national organizations that are pro-life, that are pro-adoption, and will often invest in couples who are looking to adopt. adopt. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm sure many of us think, yeah, adoption would be a great way to, to grow our family, to give a child a, a loving home but we don't have the money to do it. And so I could see how that might be an obstacle for some. Mm -hmm. What are, I don't necessarily need to, I don't think we need to know the amounts, but what are the typical expenses that one would have with an adoption? I would assume legal fees of some kind, right? So everything is included in your, when you work with an agency, everything is included. It's it's roughly twenty-two to twenty-five thousand dollars, and that includes your home study. On top of that, you can help a birth mother. So, if a birth mother has to go on bed rest and she can't work, she might need help with rent. You never can give money directly to a birth mother, so you would give it to Lutheran Family Service and then pay her bills for her. But in Iowa, there is a cap of two thousand dollars. In some states, and this is where people have to be careful, because if you work with a national consulting adoption agency, the sky's the limit. And so you could end up giving a birth mother thousands of dollars and then never actually get placed with her child because nothing, nothing is signed until after baby is born. So those are questions you have to ask as you begin exploring the adoption is on top of the adoption fee, what are the needs for birth mothers if there are any? And again, in very rare circumstances, do you see it being astronomical because there's so many programs out there to help pregnant women or women with young children? that we try to tap into first. So while there may be, while there are um, expenses associated with adoption, as you pointed out earlier, there are grants and, and opportunities for financial support for families who are looking to adopt as well. Well, let's learn more and we'll do that in just a moment. We're going to continue learning more about adoption with our friends at Lutheran Family Service. We'll continue that conversation in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. 
You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Adoption Month. It's November, and mm-hmm. we're talking with our friends at Lutheran Family Service. Today, we're talking with caseworker Carrie Smith, sharing with us just wonderful stories of, of beautiful families that have been blessed through the gift of adoption mm-hmm. and the stories of birth mothers and how this has been a, a blessing for them and particularly for their children. Carrie, before we went to break, we were talking about some of the obstacles and challenges that, or even just perceived obstacles that families might think this might be something that would prevent us from adopting. And we were talking about financial being one of those, money being an issue or a concern for some families. What are some other things that that potential adoptive families might consider to be an obstacle? I think the word open adoption, I mentioned it before, is an Mm -hmm. obstacle because a lot of times fear creeps into our mind of what this will look like. And... Um, And how do we explain to our child that they were adopted? I encourage every one of my families that I've worked with to, when you have that moment, you meet your birth mom, take a picture with her. And for the rest of the baby's life, have that picture in her nursery or his nursery. So they can always refer to, you have another mother that loves you. And from day one, it's, it's explained that, you know, you were a gift from God and you were chosen for our family. I I think a lot of times it is a lot of conversations between husbands and wives. Unfortunately, again, the world of media portrays a lot of negative things and a lot of scary stories. And I think husbands and wives have to be able to sit down and be open and honest about their feelings. Um, sometimes they fear, can I love a child when I just walk into the hospital and meet them? Well, this is something that absolutely, and it happens all the time, but it it's different for every single person of how you transition into this. There is that waiting period where the birth mother could change her mind. So some people have a hard time putting their guard down and allow themselves to totally fall in love until they know the child can't be removed from their home. You know, we walk through all of this in the home study process to help prepare and really individually assess because every human being is different and we all have different fears. And a lot of our fears are based on our experiences. And so there's no carte blanche obstacle for every single couple but it is it's more of from day one let's be open and honest and don't think as a caseworker we're here to judge you we're here to prepare you we're here to help you we're here to walk along your side and because again every single scenario is different there's no way to prepare for every every situation Mm -hmm. can you walk us through the what the home study process actually looks like so the home study is where we learn everything about you i like to really say that this is probably one of the most important things. Like most agencies, we're licensed and we have multiple caseworkers. So if I do your home study, there is a chance that you'll be matched with a birth mother not in my territory. So you could be matched with a birth mother way over in Western Iowa and I live in Eastern Iowa. So my coworker reads through that home study before they do match meetings and they learn everything about a couple. So we learn characteristics about them. You know, we, we dive through their financial situation and mostly because we have to be able to look at every single birth mom and say, I would trust 
my own child or I would trust someone I love to place with this family. They are in a good situation. They are doing what we think is necessarily to be able to bring another child into their home. You know, we just look at a lot of different situations and try to assess if... um, if they're, if they're ready and capable. Home study can go pretty quick for some families and some families it will take a couple months. We have to gather a lot of information. We have to run background checks in every state they've lived in. You know, we assess their home and not, not, you know, not to critique it, but to make sure, again, it's a safe environment for the baby to go home in. <laughs> what do you want potential adoptive families to know about whether it's their their concerns about the obstacles or the process, anything else you you want us to know about adoption? I want them to number one. I want that it has to become their regular prayer. If you are in, you know, limbo or doubt, or you're more excited than your spouse is, it, it's praying over it because God will give every single couple, couple the piece that they need to know if they should move forward or not. They will understand the timing. There's so much that we just need to lay it at the feet of our Lord and allow him to overcome our, our fears and our obstacles. A lot of times I think we want to hold in our fears because we don't feel like we should get rid of them. I challenge every couple to just start praying about it. Um, I, he answers all prayers. Who do you work with? Uh, who does Lutheran Family Service assist with uh, adoption? So on the adoptive side, we we are looking for husband-wife couples that have been married a minimum of three years and active in a Christian congregation. On the birth mother side, we work with any mother in, right now we're licensed in Iowa, Illinois, and Nebraska. We just gained our South Dakota license. And so a lot of times we will receive referrals from pregnancy centers. We'll receive referrals from churches. We receive referrals from OB offices or hospitals. And we also receive quite a few from Google. It's very common to Google, I'm pregnant and I'm scared. So we can, we will reach a mother wherever, wherever she is. And we always go to them. We don't expect them. There's no cost for any of our pregnancy counseling. And our pregnancy counseling isn't like, we're going to gear you towards adoption. We are here to walk by you in your unplanned pregnancy. We will help you make your parenting plan, or we will help you make your adoption plan, or we will navigate everything. What should parents or couples who are looking to adopt, what should they know about the beginning of the adoption process? How do you even get started with with all of this? I would recommend going to LutheranFamilyService.org. On there, there's tons of information, and then there is a spot that you can register. And in that registration process, once you complete that, then we reach out and we do a one-on-one consultation. It's it's still not committing you to anything, but it allows you to sit one-on-one and we have like a 10-point outline that we go through. We have questions and we are here to answer your questions because, again, every situation is different. Hmm. You mentioned earlier <clears throat> that uh, you receive referrals sometimes from from congregations, from OBGYN offices, a, a variety of places. If uh, someone wants to reach out to make a referral, they can go to the website. On the website, too, there's an 800 number. We also have a text line that they can go to. Pretty much if you look up Christian Adoption Agency in Iowa, you will find Lutheran Family Service. There are less and less Christian op- adoption agencies out there. Mm-hmm. What so walk us through this this process just briefly an overview. So we uh, for families who are looking to adopt, they they go through that. They they reach out through the website and begin to learn more. 
you mentioned earlier when when they're and they do the the home study as well um it could be a couple of months could be a couple of years anything else that we need to know about that process or understand about that process of becoming an adoptive we so lutheran family service i think the other thing that people have to understand is that ours are all voluntary termination so birth mother is placing this child almost always at birth very few other rare situations where the baby's a couple months old and she decides to place. But typically it's in the hospital. So the parents take home. You also, wherever you're adopting, you have to understand that you follow the law where the baby is born. So in Iowa, the birth mother cannot terminate any of her parental rights until the baby is 72 hours old. When she terminates her parental rights, she still has 96 hours to change her mind. After that, there's not really much grounds to be able to change her mind. The other thing that people also have to understand in Iowa is birth fathers have rights. Um, They have as many rights as birth mothers. So during our pregnancy counseling, during the entire pregnancy, we always are trying to have conversations with the birth father to make sure they are on the same page because we also are seeking a voluntary termination from him. In some cases where it's unknown or it's not a good situation, we have a few other means, but every situation is a little bit different, but you have to understand that just because a birth mother thinks it's best. It may not always happen if the father is capable of parenting. What do you what do you find is your greatest joy working with all of these families and, and birth mothers? What what brings you joy about doing this work with all of these all of these different people? So my I have decided this is recent joy. I have decided in the last couple <laughs> weeks my greatest joy is really working with birth mothers. And I'll tell you a real story of what happened to me last week. I received received a referral um, and a birth mother did not request a meeting to meet with anybody, but the pregnancy center that referred her said, she's a pregnancy counselor. Can you just have a conversation with her? So I met with her on a Wednesday and she had an abortion scheduled for Friday morning. And the conversation went fine. We have these conversations quite often and you typically never hear back from the birth mother. So you can assume what her decision likely could have been. This birth mother met with her Wednesday for an hour and a half and I just, I was pretty bold with her, but I I was not there to offend her. I was not there to judge her, but I wanted her to really think about this decision will impact her five years, 10 years down there. It'll impact her for the rest of her life. And I gave her my cell phone number and I said, I hope you'll reach out to me before, before Saturday. On Thursday morning, I received a text message from her and we texted back and forth for 30 hours. Friday afternoon, she sent me a text and she said, thank you. I have really appreciated you being here for me. I don't think I am strong enough. I am going to go to, to get my abortion tomorrow. And so I just sent her back a quick message encouraging her. On Saturday morning, I sent her a text again saying, you're strong. I'm here for you. Let me know if you need anything. She did not text me back on Saturday. She did not text me on Sunday. On Monday at two o'clock in the afternoon, she called me and she said, Carrie, I did not have my abortion this weekend. Can we meet tomorrow? And that was this Monday. And I have had contact with her every single day this week. She allowed me to bring her prenatal vitamins this week. It's still on the table for her, but... My greatest joy is walking by them when they feel broken. And I know they are not really, I mean, they're capable of of getting through this. Trying to help them see that 
terminating the life that's inside of them is is such such a harder thing to do on their body than they'll ever grasp during the moment. I I I just really appreciate sitting next to women and being there, there trying to be a, a strength to them and offering to pray with them and just continually like making things seem a little bit simpler because when you look at nine months and pregnancy and parenting, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming to some couples who are married and plan to get pregnant, let alone a young lady who didn't plan to get pregnant and is feeling very lost and broken and has no support. So that was my long answer, but I do, I do love what I do. I do feel, I see the Lord working. I see a lot of miracles and a lot of broken women and it's just a beautiful thing. How can we learn more about uh, Lutheran Family Service? You know, Lutheran Family Service has a lot of blogs out there. I would go to our website, lutheranfamilyservice.org, reach out. We come and we'll speak at just about any event. We'll try to educate people anyway, whether it's on adoption, a whole wide area of issues having to deal with life. You know, we want to support life, whether it's at conception or at the end of life. Our guest today, caseworker Carrie Smith, it has been a joy to talk with you today. And uh, thanks so much for sharing about your service with Lutheran Family Service and the many lives that you get to be a part of. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you for what you guys do. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.